Hello, this is George Dunlap with www.georgedunlap.com. Hope everybody's doing well today. The ice cream season, although it looks a little gloomy outside with the rain, it's just around the corner. It's still only March, and we know that we've had some great weather. Today, we're going to have the pleasure to have a conversation with Hank Sweeney. Hank is with uh, Classic Mix Partners, Galloway Company in Wisconsin. Uh, Hank and I have had the pleasure of uh, working together for many years. Uh, Hank has got a rich uh, background in the ice cream mix business. Uh, he also started out in our industry in the equipment side. So Hank is a very uh, is very well-rounded about the equipment, ice cream mix, and the product that you want to make. Uh, Hank sits, sits down with me today and we talk about uh, where the mix industry has been. Uh, how we survived the COVID challenge and where we're headed tomorrow. So I think you're going to find uh, my conversation with Hank Sweeney today to be really a good conversation. Uh, it's going to be a note-taking conversation because Hank has a lot of good information to, to update us with. So sit back and enjoy. This is George Dunlap with georgedunlap.com. Thank you for coming. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Good morning, Mr. Sweeney. Good morning. How are you? Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, there's a beautiful Thursday morning down here in Ohio. And uh, things are going good. Things are good. Fantastic. Well, it's good to see you again. It's been Real a while. Quick, just wanted to let you know that I am recording for the podcast. So just heads up. Sure. Just make sure it's okay with you. Certainly. Don't want you to give away any super recipes and things of that nature. But no, <laughs> things are going good. Things are going good. I mean, it's... Uh, you know, it's a pleasure to talk to to you, Hank. I mean, uh, you know, with all the uh, you know, you and I have talked over the years, and and uh, uh, you know, a friend of mine the other day said, "George, it's time for you to retire," and I said, "I'm just not smart enough to to realize it." <laughs> well, why retire when you're still having fun? That's my that, that's, that's the, way the I'm looking at. That's the key, my friend. I'm I you and I are still having a lot of fun. You know exactly, exactly. But I, I, you know, I, I, I'm really enjoying the opportunity of having conversations more one on one now with uh, a lot of those individuals like yourself that you know I've had experience with, and and I, pretty much what we're what I'm doing and has a lot of fun with. You probably have checked out a couple of the podcasts. It's just talking with good friends, talking about some business, talking sure. about what you see what you're aware of and, and some suggestions so why don't i just leave it to you to give us a little bit of background about mr hank sweeney where you've been and uh, then let's move into uh, you know what's going on with classic and then uh, the future sounds good so uh i'm in my 24th year in the industry um I started out my career at a machine manufacturing uh, company uh, in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan called Ross Manufacturing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Harold Ross had this great idea to revisit custard machines that were made in the, originally designed in the 30s and 40s, and uh, that really hadn't changed much. In the, uh, in the in the following 50 years or so. And he, right. he, uh, he basically updated them. So I came on board with them and uh, did uh, some national sales, did trainings, things like that. Um, and one of the things that, uh, that uh, Harold was really good at was making sure that everybody understood how the equipment worked. So before I could even start talking to customers, he had me in the... Uh, in the factory building the, the machines for, uh, 
for six to eight weeks. So I was, uh, I had a, a rudimentary understanding of how the equipment worked uh, and then also how to, uh, how to put them together and how to take them apart and how to fix them. Isn't that amazing? So that, and, and, you know, that, that really laid the groundwork for a lot of, of my career because right. I'm, I'm one of those kind of guys that I have to understand something um, ins and outs to whether I'm selling it or whether I'm representing it. I have to understand how it works and how it's applied. Right. And so that's, that, that's kind of how I came to be. And then there are some changes at the company and, and uh, I had had the opportunity to meet Pat and Ted Galloway from the Galloway company and classic mix. Um, and uh, they gave me an opportunity to actually come home because I'm originally from Wisconsin. Ah. Um, so um, I started with them and they wanted to kind of expand their national presence because they didn't have a big national presence back then. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they had uh, some, some larger accounts and things like that, but they just wanted to do some lot, lot more independent business and, you know, expand what we were, what they were doing. So um, I joined the Galloway company uh, 21 years ago um, and uh, it's a third generation dairy in Wisconsin um classic mix partners is now a wholly owned subsidiary of the galloway company okay. at the time it was a partnership between the galloway company and uh, foremost farms oh really um, okay and uh and before the, and you know they had performed a partnership back in the 90s uh to manufacture uh, mixes mm-hmm. uh, and uh so the Galloway company was the, actually the manufacturing piece of it. And classic mix was the, the marketing and sales end of it. Although there's really no employees of classic mix. It's right. just, uh, it's just the, uh, the, the sales point of it. The brand. Um, right. Yeah. So, uh, that's kind of how we started out. And, uh, one of the things I learned quickly at, uh, the Galloway company from Pat and Ted is, um, they did, they took a different approach to sales. They, they were very much into and, and, and aligned with how I thought in terms of understanding how products work, uh, the, uh, the symbiotic relationship between equipment and mix, right. um, and all of those types of things and the education piece. And they were very big on, on, on teaching and, uh, and being a good partner to the customers uh, in terms of uh, understanding what their needs were and, and assisting them along the way. So um, the, uh, the relationship started out sound and I've been there, uh, like I said, 21 years. Well, it's, it's, you know, it's a great business. I mean, like, a lot like you. I mean, as a kid, I grew up, my dad was uh, with, uh, way back uh, with Swift Dairy, uh, which, is, which has been gone. Uh, but his background was mixed formulation. And, uh, and then we got to Ohio when he was promoted to the uh, plant uh, manager in Northwestern Ohio. And at that time, uh, he was, we were, he was doing uh, mixes for, you know, uh, you know, the the big uh, soft, you know, Dairy Queen, McDonald's, et cetera, et cetera, for about four or five states. And so I always had the pleasure on a Saturday morning when somebody didn't get, I'm sure you're, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, finding out that a customer is short, shorter on an order. So I got to go with my dad when we had to, had to deliver cases of mix uh, either upstate Michigan or over in Indiana. And, and 
you know, so the mixed business is, 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 is something that, that, that like you, it just really has been an exciting career uh, and to watch change. Without a doubt. And uh, I've, I've done quite a few of those Saturday and Sunday special deliveries as well. Right. Um, but, you know, the really neat thing is, is I, I work for a company that uh, I, uh, I work for two of the owners and basically we rotate being on call on weekend and any right. given weekend, you'll find one of the owners of the company doing a delivery, you know, 175 miles away from the company, right. from the company just to take care of a customer. And that's, and these guys aren't, aren't spring chickens anymore. Um, in fact, uh, you know, Ted Galloway was out on a special delivery yesterday for a customer in the, in the morning yeah. um, and then visited customers on the way back. And Ted's in the, it is it, well in the sixties. So <laughs> as most uh, of us are, yeah, well, many of us. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm almost there. You're I'm, still I'm almost there. Yeah. I'm, I'm still under that, uh, the well, Mendoza line as it were. Tell us a little so. bit, of, a little bit of, uh, about, uh, cause I'm familiar with, with, uh, you, you represent classic of course. We ran into each other years ago back at the, uh, the NICRA conventions. And, uh, I always had the pleasure to, you know, to see you there, but, uh, tell us a little bit more about the classic, uh, the way that you go to market and, and the, and, and the specialty type of things you do for people. Sure. Um, well, it, it all, actually, it, all, it kind of all starts with the Galloway company okay. because we have three divisions. Um, obviously, we have our ice cream manufacturing. We also uh, manufacture sweetened condensed milk. Ah, okay. Um, we're the largest manufacturer of industrial sweetened, which means typically we're sending that out in 50,000 pound uh, tankers right. um, or in totes or drums or pails to confectioners across the country or if you if you had a key lime pie in Florida, you probably had our product. Um, and then we also have a beverage division uh, that manufactures uh, dairy fractionated beverages where you'd see in a, a Sobeys or a Snapple mm -hmm. or things like that. Right. And then along that, with that, we, we, we have an alcohol division. So we do cream liqueurs. So we take uh, the goodness of the dairy and we actually add a little uh, little fun to it. And uh and ship that off uh, to, uh, to to uh, bottlers and things like that oh. um, as uh, as uh, as alcohol bases, and we do um, you know rum bases. Uh, you know we do uh, a wine alcohol base, uh, and the latest and greatest that's been going on now for the last eighteen months or so has been uh, bur bourbon uh, liqueurs. So um, it's. Uh, so we're in the we're in the fun business. Yes, you um, are. But what that allows us to do is we we can bring in fresh family farm milk on a daily basis. So we're bringing in about a million and a half to two million pounds of milk every day. Oh wow! Uh, and we're separating that out. Um, so we don't use any uh, any milk powder in our our operation. Because okay, it's all have, fluid. It's all fluid, um, which is kind of unique. Um, but we have the capability because on the mix side, we take the fat because most of our mixes are higher fat mixes. Right. And then, uh, the, the, and then the beverage side takes a little bit of fat, but, uh, and then the, the, uh, evaporator side or the, uh, sweet and condensed side takes, uh, all of the skim solids. So we're, so we can balance things a little bit better than a lot of uh, dairy, dairy plants if they're separating. You know, a lot of dairy plants can buy their condensed and, and things like that. Right. And in the old days, a lot of dairies, uh, you know, that, that had fluid operations, that were bottling milk. Um, obviously, they were 
making 1% and 2%, and then they had some extra cream, and they'd use that for their ice cream operations. Right. And that was a pretty good symbiotic relationship. Um, but things have changed in the, in the world of dairy um, in terms of fluid milk, because milk sales, uh, drinkable milk, has, has, has gone down tremendously over the last 20 years, 25 right. years. Um, but the demand for cream and dairy components has increased. So um, there's a little bit of a, a dis, uh, disassociation there. So in many indications, many times, a, a lot of places are running, uh, you know, um, deficit of some ingredients, and then they right. have to go just those, or they have to reconstitute them with with, with powders. Um, but we're we're in a unique, unique situation where we don't have to do that. Well, it sounds like you know you and I both we talked about how the dairy industry has changed. I mean. Uh, you know, not only as, as, as you know, uh, a friend of mine, a couple of years ago, I was out West. He said, let's go take a look at one. Uh, it was a dairy and he kind of laughed and he called it the happy cow dairy. And you have to understand my, my father was on the processing side. My uncle, my mother's brother was on the herd. He had, he had a herd and uh, uh, my mother's side, they, uh, he, I think he milked as many as 350 to 400 Guernseys. Uh, and then of course shifted over to Holstein. But, you know, I always remember as a kid going to the farm, you know, seeing the cows out in the field. And, of course, it's a 24-7 operation, so it's kind of in and out, and they never stops, as you know. But, but the comment was made, happy cows, kind of like happy chickens. I said, what are you talking about? And he goes, yeah. He goes, uh, not all the dairies today, the cows, you know, they're, they're not that way anymore. And so as the industry has changed because of necessity and demand, it sounds like Galloway has been able to, to, to balance out uh, those changes and still come up with a great product. Well, and that's, and that's kind of the secret sauce is, uh, you know, we, we are able to do some of those things. Um, and, and you, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, uh, and at one time, and this is before I even started with Galloway that we actually had our own farms that we would, we would go to and we would have, uh, you know, people go out to those farms and, as things have changed, right. we don't have that. Um, and, and most farms have gone to co-ops um, and, you know, they pool their milk and then they sell it where it's needed. Right. Um, you know, in Wisconsin, obviously cheese is a huge driver of everything. Um, so when the cheese plants fire up, <clears throat> uh, usually there's, you know, milk gets a little scarce. Yes, I can imagine. Uh, but uh, there's always there's always milk uh, available, um, you know, whether it's Indiana or, or you know, you know, Michigan or whatever. Right. Um, so, you know, it, 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 it has changed. But also, you know, the, the individual family farm, um, you know, I, I was reading something a, a while back that, you know, the average herd size in the state of Wisconsin, you know, 20 years ago, right around the year 2000 was you know, it's probably, uh, you know, 60 or, you know, 65 head of cow, head of cattle, um, you know, for the average dairy farm. Um, as things have changed, has, as the world has changed, right. um, as the needs have changed, that model is very difficult to, to be profitable anymore. Right. Um, so what has happened is a lot of those small farmers have gone out of business. Or they've made the decision to increase in size and go to the, you know, the 500 to 1,000 head 
um, just be, just because of economics. Right. And then also, if you're trying to support multiple families off of that operation, um, you know, and I, I always chuckle at the, at, you know, when people say, well, factory farms, well, what, you know, what's a factory farm? Well, you know, you know, those, you know what a factory farm is, is one where they have a lot of cows, you know, like That's a thousand right. or, or 1,200 or 1,500 or 2,000 head. I said, most of those farms are family owned. They've incorporated as a business due for tax purposes and for business purposes. Um, but, you know, I don't know too many, you know, factories that have factory farms. Um, I know, I know farmers are farms that have gotten much bigger and I know families that have gotten much, you know, uh, have invested in that, uh, in that respect. Right. So, right. <clears throat> you know, the, the family farm is much different than it was 20, 30, 40 years ago. That's right. Um, it's an evolution it ha that has to occur because of economics. Yeah. And efficiencies as well. Right. Um, it's, it's easier, you know, for that, you know, those milk trucks to go to one place than it is to make 20 stops. Right. Um, and then also it's the infrastructure um, and the, you know, the food safety aspect of it. And, you know, we could spend a whole hour just talking on food safety and, and the changes that have happened. But, you know, obviously we want to make sure that, you know, we're, we're, we're providing food, food and substance for humans. It's got to be, it's got to be good and it's got to be clean and it's got to, it's got to be health. You know, it can't be dangerous. You Let's touch base a little bit about food safety because, you know, we're just coming out of, I don't know if we're just coming out, but, you know, we're, we're, we're coming through the storm of COVID. And, uh, uh, you know, regardless what side of the aisle anybody is on, we all have to deal with it. And, you know, uh, one of the exciting things, I think, in our industry is that the, the, uh, the traditional uh, window drive through ice cream treat operation uh, it just flourished because um, it, it it gave a, a customer a treat that at that during that time but at the same time it also created a lot of challenges for the retailer and you know in acquiring you know quality mixes like yourself and well, uh, go ahead yeah no it, 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 you're you're spot on with that um, you know one of the things that you know when we I, you're right. We are coming out of it, but we're not out of it yet. Right. Um, and, and, and I'm not talking about the, uh, you know, the, 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 the virus I'm talking about the, the after effects. Right. Yep. So the, the, so when the, the, the supply chain basically came to a, a screeching halt in the spring of 20, um, you know, I, I, I still remember, um, you know, we, you know, we take orders and then in, that that ten day period, we basically shut our operation down. Um, but the cows didn't stop producing. No, they didn't. Um, so, and the ingredients that were in our tanks couldn't go anywhere. So we ended up, you know, we ended up spoiling, you know, a, a lot of ingredients. Right. We had to, you know, and and a lot of milk got spread on farm fields because there was no place for it to go. Yes. And, you know, everybody, you know, and people say, well, why, you know, why didn't you just redirect that to the bottling plants? Because, you know, there, there was shortages in grocery stores. Well, the reality is, is the bottling plants only had so much capacity and you can't exceed that capacity to make more. Nope. And then they were all, all of a sudden they were short of labor. They were short of, uh, of milk jugs. They were short of all of those things to make those products. 
and and that's why there's so much, you know, many people um, saw those shortages in grocery stores, and they were just like, "Well, why is this happening?" Because all all they were hearing about is all the excesses. Well, there right. wasn't anybody to 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 actually manufacture the products, um, and the the you know the limiting factor was the supply chain, right. and we're still seeing those effects right now. Um, and we will continue to see them for a while. And, and, uh, that, you know, a lot of people think, well, you know, the, everything's the pandemic's over. Why are we still seeing them? Well, the pandemic really exposed some weaknesses in the supply chain and, you know, whether it's bags that mix goes in, right. um, whether it's, uh, you know, milk crates, uh, whether it's stabilizer, whether it's, uh, you know, Cocos. I mean, all of those things get processed in facilities and they have to be transported. And the last couple of years, bags have been a huge issue for, manufacturer, for manufacturers like us. And we've, you know, we've heard dairies basically having to shut down because they've been run out of bags right. to put them in. Um, sugar. Um, you know, the, the latest one this year is going to be sugar. Sugar is, is going to be very expensive this year. And it looks like sugar is going to be very expensive next year. Um, and part of it is the drought that's, that's been going on in the West for so long. You know, the sugar beet crops. Right. And people are just saying, well, why don't you just switch over to cane? Well, you can't because there's only so much cane processing in this country or around the world. Um, where the rest of it is, is allocated to beets. So what we've realized is we're not as nimble and flexible in our supply chain as we probably would like to be. Right. Um, and just-in-time inventory doesn't work when you have a huge swing in demand like we had back in 2020 and literally over the last three years. Well, it doesn't seem that uh, demand at the retail level uh, uh, either at the uh, takeout or uh, grocery for uh, you know our 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 product ice cream products uh, is 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 slowing down any. I and, would I, I would agree with that. Um, and and again to your point you made earlier, um, you know it's a relatively expensive treat that 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 if someone can enjoy or their family can enjoy, um, and it's you know it's that that gratification that you can get. Um, now, obviously, there have been huge prices, price increases across the board, whether it's yep. in the dairy portion of it or whether it's the toppings or everything else that kind of goes with it. Um, I was you know, talking to you know, some customers that you know, were lamenting the fact that you know, you know, a case of napkins or a case of spoons have doubled or tripled in cost. And that's all costs that they have to bear. So that's they right. passed that along. Right. But it really hasn't affected the you know the the demand for that pro, you know our products right that much now um, depending on how long inflation lasts and at what level that we may see that because you know when people are trying to pay six dollars for a dozen eggs in a grocery store um, and then obviously try to fill up their gas tank as gas prices are going back up again um, a lot of folks have limited resources they won't go out to eat as much right. But they, they tend to still treat themselves and treat their families. And, that, and uh, you know, ice cream is, is one of those things that, you know, people 
you know, when they're feeling good, they like to celebrate with it. And when they're feeling bad, they like to celebrate. Make themselves feel, yeah. yeah. Make themselves feel better with it. You know, I was with a couple of store owners just a couple of weeks ago and, and, and they asked me to come in and, and talk about, you know, the future and, you know, they're, cons- and they were relatively young owners and, uh, uh, and they were concerned about, you know, the, what you just said, you know, inflation and costs going up and they were trying to figure out where they want to be on pricing and where the market's going to go. And, 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 you know, and I said, well, first thing is understand that in times, even if things get really challenging, uh, and I named off a couple ice cream chains, you know, Howard Johnson's was one of them, you know, back in the depression, I said, you know, there's a, you know, even when things get very dark and gloomy, the consumer still will ch- needs something to pick up their spirits. So that's, there's a fact we've seen that in history, but yes, it's kind of daunting when you haven't been around that corner to see that challenge coming at you. But I said, take it, you know, the reality is, is that we will weather it. Now there is a certain limit, but at the same time, I try to caution people not to dwell you know, on, on, on an adverse situation, because there's nothing you can, you know, there's certain, there's only a limit of what we can do to, to change things, but at the same time, embrace that the, the business we're in, you know, you and I, and, and Rita, we, we're in a great industry that traditionally will weather the storm. Uh, we, we may not, you know, go on those long, long vacations, but we can still do a weekend away and stop and see our favorite ice cream store. And, uh, you know, at the end of the meeting, you know, I said, you know, show me something that I can take my grandson. By the way, my grandson just turned two yesterday and we did this, wow. you know, and, and where can you take, where can I take my grandson who loves ice cream and, and for, you know, for less than $10 come out with a tremendous experience with the two of us. I mean, you, you can't do it. And, Without uh, a doubt. and I think that is something that we as within the industry have got Instead of always talking about buy this cheaper or this cheaper, and, and I know you don't do it because you're always a value-added gentleman. I mean, you're, you're providing value, but you know we have to get away from trying to sell. As I said the other day, when is when is uh, three quarters of a pint going to be zero pints? I mean, we sell the product for what it's worth, and the customer will pay for it. I, I couldn't agree more, uh, George. Uh, in, in times like this, the the real challenge is preventing or resisting the the uh race the to the bottom to, the tendency to to cheapen things yes you know there, there are certain things that you can you know cut back on um but your quality is not one of them um and if you're using this the, the hot fudge that have, that you've always used and yes the price has gotten it more expensive right don't be tempted. There's that temptation to go to something less expensive. Usually there's a reason it's less expensive. That's right. Um, and people know that. Now, they won't tell you that right up front. But what they'll tell you is by not coming back. Right. Um, they'll, 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 they'll tell you by, by not coming, you know, with their feet. Um, they won't come back as often. Um, or spend as much money, and they'll find something else. So um, that's the real in, in, in the real challenge, I think, is cutting quality when you know in, in tough times. And people really they'll and again, you can't find a value like taking your grandson out for less than ten dollars. What else can you do? You can't even go to a movie for that these days. No. No. Um, 
And, and I'm not saying that to be smug because I'm not, but I'm, I, we, you and I say this to our operators because we have to, uh, we have to convey to them the realization of something. I mean, they, sometimes they don't really realize what kind of an, in, you know, they're in a great market that gives people happiness. It, you know, um, that doesn't mean we're going to get away with price gouging. That's not the case. That means that, that we can ride the roller coaster uh, and endure and still provide, you know, an income to our, our business and our employees. At the same time, we can provide a tremendous, you know, exciting treat. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. So, you know, I think, you know, it, it's, you know, the season is upon us. It's, uh, you know, first week now in March. And traditionally, you and I, you know, January kind of starts out a little slow. February, you know, the trade shows and the, the things have hit and pricing points are where are you seeing 2023 uh, in, in, the, in your up periscope mode, my friend? Well, um, the, the good news is, is dairy has, has obviously come off its highs. Um, you know, we saw record high pricing last year. Um, and in, in our world, a lot of what we do are higher fat products, but even right. our lower fats, um, because it was everything whether it was, and everything's based off, and many people don't know this, some people do, is cream prices is based off butter price. Last year, the butter price hit 334. Historically, it's been right around 160 to 185. If you go back 30 years. Right. Yeah, there's been some blips here and there, but usually it's under two bucks. Um, good news is it's come back down. Um, I, th I think I just looked at some spot pricing yesterday. It was 234. Um, so it's, it's come down quite a bit. Um, Good. The, 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 like I, I mentioned earlier, you know, the challenges is sugars are up. Right. So the sucrose market's expensive. Uh, corn syrup's more expensive. Um, so as dairy comes down, there are other things that go into your mix that, are going to be more expensive, but overall pricing is, are, is down, which is good. good. Now, the experts are saying towards the end of the year, dairy may bump back up again, but the experts didn't see what happened last year coming either. <laughs> so, right, right. So, so everyone, your crystal ball is as good as the experts in some cases. Well, um, I think, yeah, you can only, you can only. You know, the periscope approach is, you know, is good because uh, you never see all you're looking is ahead. You don't see left or right. And sometimes you don't catch what's coming at you. But it does give you a, a sense of awareness. But at the same time, you always have to be you know, aware of what will hit you on blindside you. Without a doubt. And then you know? all the other input costs, yeah. um, you know, transportation, um, you know, in terms of trucking um, has, has come down a little bit. Uh, fuel surcharges have come down, you know, and again, all of those things kind of hit at once. Um, now we're one of the, we're one of, uh, you know, a few dairies in the country that actually use eggs, uh, cause we do a lot of custard, right. Um, egg prices obviously went absolutely crazy last year due to the avian bird flu. Um, they've come off, not back to where it is. Because obviously, if you've bought a dozen eggs in a grocery store lately, you know it's right. still quite high. Um, they're predicting things to ease up a little bit. 
but you know we we won't know because we're in flu bird flu season right now as the migratory birds make their way back um that's when back and forth that's when you usually see the outbreaks of, of avian bird flu right it, um so once we get to may typically we'll we'll have an idea but you know that's that's another piece of the market for our customers that that we have to be aware of as well um but you know the input cost bags yep. packaging seems to be coming down a little bit good um but they still have struggles with labor um you know we we heard last you know we've, we've heard a lot a lot of horror stories you know where you order a, a, a truckload of bags and then uh you know three pallets show up well i think what you're saying is that uh, in today's operator not only retail but uh, everybody down the line uh you 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 better reassess what do you what your standing inventory levels are without a doubt you know? um and you know I'm, I'm, I'm not telling people to hoard but no the reality is is you should have a healthy supply for you because your lead times are much farther right if anybody's trying to order anything these days whether it's a uh, whether it's a machine or whether it's you know toppings you know lead times have increased minimums have increased so be aware of those things um that it it it's just a fact of life at this point in time. Well, so as, um, so as classic as, uh, as, as uh, over the years gone from, uh, and correct me, please, uh, what I would call a generic, well, not, and not generic in the sense of quality, but generic white, what I call a white mix, which is an unflavored white product. Uh, to today, we see, we see uh, the growth is in uh, 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 the custards, uh, the, uh, the, the, the more value added products, you know, the, and I, and I'm conscious to say higher price, that's not the point, but you know, the market is, you know, we got, uh, you know, we have the, uh, the, the ices, we have the gelato slash ice cream products. We have, uh, we have the likes of, you know, uh, the high end, the, the marketing, the, the people that are marketing premium ice creams. Um, and, and it seems like that is a, is a growth uh, market. I don't mean premium by high price, but I just mean a premium market with regard to a, an awareness of what it takes to make good ice cream, not cheap ice cream. I, I would agree. And, you know, a good example of that is um, a, you see a lot of shake, you know, what they call premium shakes around the country. Yes, sir. 20 years ago, a shake was 4%, 3%, uh, 2%. That's right. Um, now, um, most of the people that are coming to us are looking for something 10% or, or even higher. Um, so it's, it's a it's, good example. Yes. Your, your, your example is, and we, 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 you know, I always called it kind of a flight to quality. Um, but that transition has happened again, people will pay for something that's good. Um, and I know that, you know, people are, the health conscious people are saying, well, you know, all that fat, again, everything in moderation. Right. If, if you eat, you know, a tub of ice cream a day, you're not, it's not healthy for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you have, you know, an ice cream treat several times a week, that along with a, you know, a good diet, that's not a problem. Not a problem. No, no. 
No, it's it's. I, I saw something. Uh, I don't. I, my daughter got me onto uh, uh, to the uh, streaming TV, and uh, um, I see uh, it, it, one of the shows. I think it's. I don't know which one is on, but it's called Ted Lasso. Are you familiar with that show? Yes, I've, I've seen it. Yeah. Then you know where I'm going, and, and I just and, and I and I did a recent uh, plug for uh, for the. Uh, uh, for Jenny's and and uh, and you know where I'm going with this, you know where they they've got this uh, breakfast with the boss crunch ice cream flavor. Yep. And you know and and I and I said kudos to the marketing team that's behind uh, you know and, and that that entails uh, you know Jenny's marketing, Jenny's manufacturing, Jen you know just their their whole uh, brain trust. And, and I've told people you know you know I mean this is something that is a trendy. Uh, uh, you know, the, the show's coming back out, I think in the next couple of days, maybe it's already out by the time we're talking, but, um, you know, I, I, I urge my, uh, my, the people that I've known for a long time and those I don't, you know, watch the trends because, uh, you know, that product, I, I think it's going to hit it right out of the ballpark. Uh, uh, and it's a, you know, and it's a, it's a, it's a dull humor, but at the same time, it's a, uh, the product is, uh, ice cream with, uh, I think the biscuit and the boss, isn't that what it is? Yep. Right, and, and I, I will tell you one of the things, you know, and you, you've, you've been in long enough to see, you know, the coming and going of the frozen yogurt and things like that. One of the things that gelato has really done, even though it's a relatively small segment of the market, it's, it's given people ideas in terms of presentation yeah. and the fact that, hey, let's make this stuff look good. Because we can make it look good. Right. And if you make it look good, people will buy it because it looks good. And it tastes good. Obviously, it's got to taste good, too. Yes. But adding all of these little extra or value-added things is not necessarily, you know, oh, my gosh, you know, can you imagine, you know, talking to your dad and saying, well, you know, we're going we're gonna to sell a $12 Sunday." Or a ten dollars Sunday, but we're gonna have all these things on it. And he's just like, "Are you kidding me?" But but again, today's society, they want something different. They want something unique, and they want something really good. And if you check all those boxes, you're gonna sell those things. And they're willing to pay the price. That's exactly. Uh, I I don't know anybody. I mean, you just look across the board. I mean, you know, uh, you know, at the altitude that you and I fly at, because we've been six, uh, we've been able to dodge, I guess. But uh, I keep coming back that the, you know, the race to to selling a lower price, cheap product, is only won by those who aren't around tomorrow. I that's a good way of putting it because you know? that's the you know, then that's ultimately that's the easy button. Yep. Well, we'll just cut quality. We'll just cut portions. And well, eventually, a, you, you'll, cut yeah. your, you'll cut your throat. You're right. You're right. And I was at a shop yesterday down in Columbus, and uh, uh, it's a bakery. And, and this they didn't – they got their own product, and they're going to charge $10 a pint. And they th- asked me, did I think it's too high? And I said, it, I, it, maybe it's not high enough. And, and they kind of – they were kind of startled. I said, you know, the price that you charge is only – it will be justified by the presentation that you, you know, provide your clients, your customers. You know, I'm ne- I'm not a big person to put a pint in a freezer and just let it sell itself because it doesn't work that way. But I said, if you put a story behind it 
And, you know, people like to understand where these products are coming from. Tell them the story, you know, and, and the particular product was an old, was a family recipe and a cookie. Um, and I think we need to realize that the day of opening up a store and putting up your, your business, you know, you know, Hank Sweeney and family ice cream shop, and then sitting inside behind the cash register, that day's been gone forever, for at least for 20, 30 years. You've got to market. Without a doubt. You know, but uh, we're, we're getting down to the ending here. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but a couple of the things that I would like uh, to finish up with is that, you know, Hank, and we probably have, have, uh, have talked to a couple of things, but what would you tell our operators? Uh, 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 you know, uh, what, what words of advice would you give to the, the folks that are either new or have been around for a while and they're looking for advice uh, uh, going forward? Well, um, you know, one of the things that I always tell folks is understand your market, number one, um, because there are different there are different parts of the country and different parts of the country are looking for different things um have something that's local that people can buy into um and again it could be a, a sunday it could be a flavor it could be something that it, it's kind of unique and again separate yourself from everybody else um you know the point you made earlier about you know uh you know you know, the, the cutting of quality, that's kind of where everybody kind of goes down on the bottom. Be different. Um, you know, find something and tell a story. Um, tell a story of why you like these flavors, where, do you, where you came up with the inspiration for some of these flavors. Um, and uniqueness is where it's at right now. Okay. Having something unique that no one else has is, is definitely uh, a bonus. And don't cut quality. People will pay for quality. Well, the folks that are listening to us, how do they how do they get a hold of classic uh, mixed uh, partners? Do they contact you at the, the website, you, or what's the best sure. way for them to get a hold of you, Hank? You 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 could uh, contact me through the website uh, classicmixedpartners.com. Okay. Um, you can also call me. Uh, direct. I'll put my phone number out there. I'm not afraid. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. What, what is my, that number, sir? My my direct number is 920-886-2348. Um, and if you got any questions, and again, we may not be a, the fit for you, but I may know of somebody who would be. Um, and, you know, we do ship across the country. Good. Um, you know, again, challenges are quantities and things like that. We do have over 60 active formulas. Um, so we do a lot of different things that a lot of other people don't do. Um, but at the end of the day, you have to make some decisions, what's best for your business and, and going forward. And I always recommend if you could find somebody local, find that local dairy first, because it's going to be a lot easier from a logistics point of view. Right. But if you really think that we have something unique that you can't get locally then it may be worth worth the effort to uh to go with our products as well well I, I think one of the things that i'm seeing in today's environment is that you're you know we all want to do local at the same time that local participation with a with a dairy of your nature in partnership uh is seems to be where the relationships are growing 
you know, a local dairy working with you uh, can offer a lot of people a lot of things that that would not be necessarily available to them on a on a direct basis, but maybe through partnering. So I think, you know, what I keep telling my my, my friends is that you know, the limitations are only by your vision. The opportunities they're not going to stop because we're seeing things. So, but I think, um, you know, I have appreciated the opportunity to talk with you again. Uh, and I enjoy watching Galloway and classic. And uh, I mean, you know, that last product, that last uh, division that you said you started to grow into the bourbon liqueur. I mean, real quick, the bourbon thing, uh, just yesterday, a friend called me up and he's, he's going to do a bourbon uh, type product. And uh, uh, I think that's the next great uh, trend that can be uh, expanded upon by those operations that have uh, an environment that that's conducive for. That, that is a possibility, you know, boozy uh, ice cream drinks and boozy ice cream um, is obviously a small, but uh, right. Very small, interest, very small, but an interesting, uh, interesting part of the market. Um, so have, have fun with it. Exactly. Yeah. That's what right. this business is all about, right? <laughs> we wouldn't be doing this if we weren't having fun. Besides, uh, it, it's a good uh, family. Uh, it takes care of our family needs. So, Hank, thank you so much for your time. I do appreciate your patience, and uh, I look forward to working with you and seeing you at the, at, in, in the industry. Thank you very much, and we'll be in touch, my good friend. Well, thank you, George. It's always good uh, reconnecting with you. Thank you, Take sir. Care. Have a nice day. Appreciate it. You too. Bye. I'd like to thank uh, Hank Sweeney with Classic Mix Partners and the folks there at Galloway Dairies. This has been a great conversation. I think this is one for the record books because uh, there is so much information in this op- in this uh, podcast that I'm going to file this away for reference material. I mean, this is something that we can take. Uh, this is a class in understanding mix. This is a class in understanding quality of mar- marketing. Um, this is probably one of my best podcasts that I've had, and I would like to thank Hank for uh, his generous time and uh, the folks there at Galloway. Uh, What a great family. So this is George Dunlap with georgedunlap.com. Thank you for your time. Looking forward to talking to you next time around. Have a nice day.